calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover. And you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome to the IGN UK podcast. It's me, Simon Cardi, with Matt Persley. Hello. And Jesse Gomez. Hey there. Hello. Well, you're looking smiley today, Jesse. What's, what's the problem? <laughs> you're you're just always able to put a smile on my face right before the podcast begins, Cardi. Uh, it's because oh, your I face looks to. mad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, uh, I try to please wherever I go. Um, June's here, isn't it? That's come around quick. Getting mm. on. Uh, that means E3 is very close. Um, it's actually next week, isn't it? Yeah. That has snuck up on me. I don't know if it snuck up on you, because you'd probably be doing a lot of work around it, but for me, it snuck up quickly. <laughs> uh, Yo, I've been in prep mode for at least a week now. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm ready, but at the same time, I'm excited, because it feels like last year we didn't really get a proper E3, did we? Not really. Was that a digital no. only as well? There wasn't, wasn't there was just no E3, yeah. Oh, like, it right. wasn't called that. There was, yeah. it was the, pl- the platform holders. Showcases. Yeah. I mean, obviously, E3, for everybody at home, they're actually mm. seeing the platform holders rather than E3, because E3 is a big building with stuff inside yeah. it that we have to report yeah. on. Um, but this is the first year, really, that E3 feels like a proper event for everybody, not just people that turn up to the building. Exactly. It's exciting there. There's a lot to see. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, first, an update. I'm sure some people will have realised. It's only five weeks until episode 600, which also seems to have come around very quickly. It does not seem almost two years ago that we were doing podcast 500. That live is really in crazy. A sweaty room. Uh, <laughs> as you can probably understand, we won't be doing anything in a sweaty room uh, this time because even if we were allowed, I don't feel like you know. It's not the right time to hold yeah, a big I'll, event, is it? I, I, I don't feel like people would feel comfortable coming. So what we're going to do is we will do a live show at some point, whether that's at Christmas time or like this time next year for like six fifty. Like we'll do something. We'll do a live show because we enjoy doing them. Um, but we will the week of podcast six hundred have a special episode of sorts. We haven't done it yet. We're not a hundred percent sure what it's going to be. We we have a strong idea what it's going to be. And I guarantee it's something that at least I'm going to say 60% of our listeners will enjoy. 
That's a, I, that's a high percentage, in my opinion. <laughs> really? Yeah. Go, we can go lower? I don't know. It's, you know, we're doing a lot of it, but it's maybe over the next course of a few weeks we'll tease what it is. We won't mm. give away completely what it is until close to the time. But, you know, if you have listened to our podcast and maybe certain spin-offs of our podcast, it may be something that you might be interested in. But who knows? Uh, it's all up in the air at the know. moment. Uh, oh, it's almost kind of set in stone. It's the opposite, but we're just teasing it slowly. <laughs> but um, anyway, let's talk about what we have been doing, because that's more interesting than talking about things we haven't done yet. Uh, Operation Tango is a game, when it was first announced a couple of months back, I think, in a PlayStation blog post, I was like, this looks like it's for me. It's free on P- PS Plus this month, so... Oh, only for PlayStation 5 users, unfortunately. Only yeah. for PlayStation 5 users. Fantastic confirmation there from that person this is why he's the new sound the <laughs> wolf at the door as we call him um <laughs> we've been playing this game together matt we are i think there's about six missions in total you said and we've yeah. done four of them mm-hmm. we just did the fourth mission at lunchtime this is i'm personally finding it a very fun game it's slightly complicated and stressful <laughs> yeah it's kind of a so the premise is it's a co-op game and it's only co-op online because the whole premise is you don't see the other person's screen. It's very much like Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, if you've played that at all. I don't know if you know that game, Jesse, at all. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for anyone who doesn't know that game, it basically someone's a bomb defuser and the other person has the manual to defuse the bomb, so you're giving them the instructions. And it's very tense. And, to you know, you've got to play those sort of games with someone who doesn't frustrate you easily, I think. <laughs> Otherwise, friendships will be ruined, luckily. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm speaking myself. Matt doesn't frustrate me. I don't. <laughs> Are you sure not after today's session? Which, well, in which you case, know. I was unable to explain to you what I needed you to do. <laughs> we got there in the end. Look, yeah. we, we didn't get a game. Actually, we did get a couple of game overs. But, you know, yeah. we didn't get many. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, but the premise is... Yes, of Operation Tango is similar to Keep Talking Nobody Explodes, except one of you, in this case, I've been playing the agent or the spy character, and Matt has been the hacker Oh. And we so work you together. Are my yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we work together to try and solve uh, solve mis- solve mysteries doesn't seem the right way. There's a mission with an objective and we have to work together to find it. And I'm yeah, I'm the guy that sits back at HQ doing all the matrixy stuff and Cardi gets to be in the actual Are they exotic okay? I don't know what these locations Sometimes, look so like. Yeah, really. You haven't even seen my screen like a couple of them have just been like high tech facility buildings. Mm-hmm. One of them was on mm-hmm. like a South African like modern train, which was quite cool. That was quite a nice setting, quite sunny. It almost feels weirdly like in my bits anyway. I don't know how because I don't know how your screen looks for this <laughs> game. It feels like a game that's almost. I don't know if they originally built it with VR in mind. It feels like almost right. a VR game at so times. This is a question I was going to ask you because I I genuinely don't know. Is it a first person game from your perspective? Yes. Yeah. Right. This okay. is amazing how you guys don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> like at all. That is mad. So, from your perspective, it's a bit like it's a 3D level game. It's like a first person, for lack of a better term, like a first person shooter, but without the shooting, right? And you're exploring environments. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, I'm in essentially a computer and I've got windows that I can open. And I've seen bits of what Cardi can see because I can access security cameras in levels. Oh. And so I can pan around, but they are in very small boxes and in black and white and very film grained up. So, so you're in like the Tron world or something. Yeah, you're hacking. exactly. So that you open sick. these windows, but they're all linked with kind of like the windows are in like a 3D space with lots of kind of 
the way I explained it to Cardi was, you know, when the PlayStation Two boots up, and oh yeah. You get you get like the lots of translucent uh, cubes that float around on that screen. This is getting me very excited. I know. I <laughs> thought you'd like this, your PlayStation Two hands. That's what my world in inverted commas looks like. It's like floating bricks and stuff like that. Yeah. And when you open the right bricks, you go to Windows like a, on a PC. That sounds and I can see things. In VR. Just the way you described yeah, it already. Yeah, probably. And so my thing is, is so if Cardi needs to get in an elevator, like if, or should I say the agent needs to get in an elevator, I'm the one that can like open them up, send them to the right floor. Mm. I can, there was a mission we were playing where, um, Cardi needs to get on a specific computer, but needs to be at, given access. And I can assign him off, like I can look through the employee database and I can assign like a character to him, so we're yeah. now using false IDs and stuff like that. So that's what my role is. Yeah, it's very, it's very fun. Like this is my sort of game. I like puzzle games, and I love it. Any excuse to play a co-op game, I'm into mm. it. Um, so I think each level takes between thirty to forty-five minutes, roughly, mm-hmm. is what we've done. So you've probably got about four to five hours to play through the game but that's only on one side so you basically got two games in it so yeah more like eight to ten really um, is it um is it a continued story or can you just jump between missions whenever you want it's a continued story so you have to do them in order i mean story is a very loose term like there's not okay. like a, a gripping narrative you're basically just doing individual like spy <laughs> missions yeah there is an overarching villain sort of character <laughs> though that we've stumbled into which may be of interest to you jesse his name is cypher <laughs> so cool i loved it as soon as you start explaining it's like matrixy and like tron-esque yeah. it's like there has to be a cipher for anybody that doesn't get this joke yeah for anybody that doesn't get the joke uh jesse's uh username is generally cipher hacker so he is the bad guy of this I just, video I just game wanna, i just want to yeah. clarify that is i made that when i was in year seven for psn <laughs> everything else is as you would expect if you follow me online but <laughs> okay it is now anyway yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but yeah the, i think the thing that we've discovered that we quite like it there's a lot of variety and i'm not saying it's quite it takes two in the fact that it's co- constantly coming up with new mechanics but mm. it is on a similar path they're obviously not they don't it's not a high budget game it's very much an indie style project yeah. but every mission has been a different type of setting like one was on a train and it was about kind of trying to find someone on the train yeah. and i got a set of like sets of data that i could tell cardi and cardi could use that to try and find the person on the train is there um is there like one set path for like each mission so mm-hmm. it's, yeah it's quite linear okay right right but what i don't know is and i'm wondering and i assumed it maybe would like cause we, we haven't gone back and replayed any missions like i imagine they maybe mix up the puzzles within them so it's not the same solution every time so like mm-hmm. there's puzzles which i'm sure like I don't know, like, there's one where we have to stop a train, you have to do a certain combination of things in order. I'm sure that order is mixed up each time. Yeah. Which, but, like, like the, the way you get to your... Sorry? The way you get to your objective, Cardi, is mm-hmm. that, like... Do you, are there opportunities, like, can I go left, can I go right, can I crawl through here? Or? Not really. There's not really any side stuff or choice. It's pretty okay. much do this, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, it's not the sort of game... Maybe once you've played it through once on both sides, you're not going to replay it over and over unless you want to play it with someone new who hasn't played it before because mm. that is the downside of these games. You do need someone to play it with. You can't play it by yourself at all. Yeah. You can't even play it local co-op. You have to have separate 
PlayStations online to play it with. Is it particularly but, difficult then from just like both of your sides? Yeah. So it has <laughs> been at time, like, I will give it that, like, maybe like the first mission is pretty, like, it's a tutorial essentially, like, you're like, okay, I get this, it's pretty simple, there's no real stress to it, not much time limit. The most recent stuff we've been doing, it's very, like, it's stressful, like, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I can time, I like, can visualize like Matt's job and how that could be difficult, but in terms of Cardi, you as the agent, like what are you actually? How are you interacting with the map? Like what kind of puzzles are you coming across? Uh, it's different it's, from mission to mission, and it's different yeah, from like yeah. the start of the mission to the end of the mission. Like I say, the variety is really good, mm. and also it does flip the tables a bit. So, for example, in the mission that we were just playing, Cardi. Were you using a computer to help me hack? So yeah, I was at a com- I was at a computer oh, terminal that had like five different c- computers I could use for different stages. While you were sat behind me in like a Matrix style machine, kind of plugged in, <laughs> so you were kind of inside the server as a yeah. Ye- all you were to me was a yellow circle for that whole mission. <laughs> it's uh, it's so. Strange. But the other thing that I do quite like about it is that it doesn't really tell you. You get like a rough sort of thing like you've got to get this key. Like, you you are looking for a data key. Yeah. But it doesn't really explain how the mechanics work, so a lot of it is just kind of like... And quite often you're on a timer. Oh, so it's like to... timed throughout the, the mission? Yeah, a lot of it is timed. Yeah. And like, I would be shit or... at this game. I want to play it. I would absolutely panic. <laughs> but that's the thing. You need clear communication. And you need... <laughs> the, the, the hardest thing is like... Because like, it's that sort of thing where I'm seeing something... And I'm going, right, so if you turn left, but my left is not a Matt's left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and you have to like almost say like, oh, in this room, is there a wall that's a blue colour? <laughs> okay, so let's call that north. Okay. <laughs> like, sometimes it's not even as simple as that. Like, sometimes just I'll get a window that comes up and I have to explain, like, there are five boxes in this window and some of them have got what look like ladders on them. Some of them yeah. have got what look like smiley faces. And then Cardi has to figure out what from that information that corresponds to in his yeah. world. Mm. And then we figure out how those two link together. And a lot of the time it'll just be me going, yeah, yeah, I get it. And then I've done it. And, <laughs> and like, Matt's probably just wondering, I don't know what the hell he's yeah. done there or what he's worked out. But we're through, so who cares? Are there, are there methods of communicating in-game that don't require a microphone? Or is that like an absolute necessity? No microphone. Um, I no, think you I need to speak. I'm okay. fairly sure the main menu says you have to have your microphone yeah. turned on before it'll like even boot the game. <laughs> I mean, that's certainly fair because you would be fucked otherwise. Yeah, it's necessary. Um, but I think they do have a cool thing in game. Not that I don't know. It's a weird game to play with strangers, but it could be quite interesting as well. I think they do have a link on the main menu to like a place where you can find people to match up with if you don't have oh, something. So I think there is it's like a Discord server. Yeah, no. I think it might link straight to a Discord. Yeah, and that's how you'd find someone else. Like, I say, it's it's important to remember. Like, this is quite a budget game. Like, I don't yeah. think it looks mm-hmm. bad or anything. Like, it's got a really stylized art style. Mm-hmm. Um, so it like, but it's fundamentally a very low budget game. I just think what they've done is, I love games that are thrifty that use kind of like the small budget to the best of their effects. And yeah. I can't yeah. think of a game that with a budget this low that has done so well in yeah. recent memory. It has made me wanna play keep talking nobody explodes again mm-hmm. because i have it i think i have it on psvr and played it a long time okay. they do mm. the cool thing which is one person is the bomb diffuser in vr and the other person just has the tv screen as the manual so yeah. you can oh play that's really that. cool um i want to play that like i love these sort of games and there's there's not enough of those i think just pure co-op games like that like we've had it takes two recently we've had yeah. this it's good to see 
I'm well into it. So overall, like, high recommendation? I, I'd recommend Yeah. I'd recommend it a lot. It's very Be fun. Uh, not, you know, and it's free if you own a PS5, so why not? Uh, oh, it's also got somewhere. a friends pass system, so if one of your friends has got it on PS5, but you've only got a PS4, I think you could get the PS4 friend pass and still play with them, because it's got cross... Oh, so uh, it is available platform. on the PlayStation 4. Yeah, it's just okay. not as part of the PS Plus subscription this month. Those bastards. Yeah. So you have to, but I'm pretty sure it's, I haven't looked, I'm pretty sure it's only like £15 or so. Like, it's not an yeah. expensive yeah. game. But yeah, I, I'd recommend it a lot. Uh, we haven't got to the end yet. We thought the last one we did was quite uh, hard and we've got <laughs> two more levels to go, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah. But, uh, I wish I could it. see that live in action because that does sound <laughs> hilarious. Oh god! If we did that as a live play, that would be a mess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is a uh, little secret. That is not what Podcast Six Hundred is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's very fun. Jesse, you've been playing a game which I'd literally not heard of until you told me what it was this morning. So, what is this horror game with critters in it? So, this is a game that just released yesterday. It's a little indie horror game. It's called Critters for Sale. And it can be described as a compilation of like five um, short surreal horror games or horror stories rather. And they're named Snake, Goat, Monkey, Dragon and Spider. Um, and each of these stories is set across different areas and locations. So, uh, for example, Snake is set in New York during 2033, um, whilst Goat is set in Jordan in 900. 923 AD, so it's a bunch of different timelines here. Okay. And it's kind of like, it's a mix of like a visual novel and a point and click. You've got like puzzle solving and multiple endings throughout some of the story. So it's basically an adventure game, I guess, if you just want to use that term. But I think what stuck out to me is that like I was browsing Steam one day and I came across the demo for it and the thumbnail is what stuck out immediately because it has an image of Michael Jackson on it. Or rather, it used to have an image of Michael Jackson <laughs> as the thumbnail, like this really kind of creepy looking one bit like black and white Michael Jackson <laughs> image on the thumbnail. Um, so I downloaded it, and the only thing that was playable was the snake story. And I loaded it up, and it opens with Michael Jackson sending you a text at like midnight, um, asking him to meet him at this shady club in New York at like four in the morning. And you agree? What's so what, what's this? <laughs> what's going on here? No, it's absolutely bizarre. Like The best way I can describe it is if like you mixed like Black Mirror and the twilight zone but you took like a shit ton of like mushrooms or acid and like that's that's the stories what? it's this it's, is not why i thought it'd be it's, what, it's, what, it's why genuine... do you always do this to us <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> if if you've seen the horror game um world of horror then you kind of know what you might be getting into like a lot of these stories involve um like time travel like astral planes old gods like the the ending of worlds and stuff like that is it very well, creepy pasta then yeah it's, yeah basically so, yeah. it's like it's honestly truly mad and aside from i guess like the overarching plot of the different stories what really stands out is the visuals they are really creepy in a way i haven't really seen a lot of games like mess around with there's like kaleidoscope-esque effects you have like shimmering characters and morphing faces and it's all really put on display really well on that first story with michael jackson which sounds so bizarre to say yeah i mean i'm gonna let you carry on for a bit but i do have multiple questions in my mind right now but, yeah. uh... <laughs> um, but like it's like just boiling it down to like in a very simple term it is just like your kind of basic adventure um puzzle game essentially you know it's just point and click you're just going through talking to different characters and stuff like solving a few light puzzles but the main hook is these five short horror stories and they're so surreal bizarre and disturbing and it's not they're not too long but they do have like multiple endings so you'd want to replay them 
And it's only like, I think, seven quid. And it's available on Windows, on Steam. So if you wanted to experience them, the demo is out there. You could play the first story. It has like six endings to it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just mad. It's so okay. weird. Here are my questions. Okay. okay. One. <laughs> uh, where to start? Uh, <laughs> is it genuinely scary? Is I, it I a scary game? Which is I would, I mean, for me, it wasn't. I had my partner sitting next to me playing through the mm. first story. And they found it quite creepy and scary. And I just want to preface this. If you suffer from, like, epilepsy or something, stay far away from this game. Okay. Like, you, you're not <laughs> going to make it through, like, the main menu. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because of the visuals okay. and stuff. B, are these sort of, like, interlinked stories? Is there one big story connecting these together? There, it does have, like, an overarching theme. And because it's set across different time periods, they all do link up to each other. But you can play them in, like, separate ways and... All the different endings do kind of connect with each other. Um, but yeah, there is, they have their own separate stories, but they do connect at the end of it, I guess. Okay. See, you've described like, what, what sort, is it like a 3D game? Like what sort of art style? So, is it first person? I mean, you do play from a first person perspective. Like if you've ever played, you know, a visual novel or just a general adventure game, um, like you can kind of picture like, you know, you'll um, be standing in one particular environment. You can click on different things to talk to different characters or pick up an item and stuff. Um, like you'll click on a staircase and be like, "Do you want to proceed?" And then you know you'll go forth and whatnot. Um, it's it's very basic in how it plays, but the obvious hook is just how downright bizarre and crazy it is. And I keep talking about the Michael Jackson story. There's four other stories to play that equally as bizarre. Another one finds you in um, I think like going to like this doomsday casino, and you have a timer. It starts at ten, and then the game actually finishes, or that story finishes at twelve at night and that's like when the world is going to end so you're trying to solve this puzzle before that happens and does Mick Jagger turn up in that one (laughs) honestly there's a ton of like weird references to like other horror like creepy passes as well I think Mm -hmm. and just like other bizarre things um it's just it's so hard to describe and I don't want to talk about it too much because like what happens in these stories and how they can end is just so it's so mad and it's best experienced yourself I had a look at the steam page because I was intrigued by what you were saying and obviously I think that for anybody who doesn't know necessarily what one bit graphics are it's kind of it's black and white stuff that looks like it was made like printed off on you know the old uh game boy printer you used to be able to get that's yeah. kind of the effect you get right it's very very simplistic kind of drawn with single pixels yeah yeah in black and white so it's got a very creepy kind of edge to it especially those like you say those lighting effects where it strobes yeah, and it's like, done very well. And what like sticks out because it's obviously not static. It's like it's all smooth, you know, sixty frames and stuff when you're playing it on your computer, and like just everything stands out. And how smooth it is it just adds to how like creepy the overall presentation is. It is just it's just downright bizarre. And you're like you're dealing with these like inhabitants that are like you know outside of Earth, and you're dealing with demons and like gods and stuff. And it's it's just crazy. I mean, Michael Jackson is in the game, like. Yeah, that's that's a very. Surely they've they not get got away permission from the Jackson estate. N- for that. No, no. I mean, what happens to Michael Jackson in that story, or what can happen to him, is crazy. Jesse, I, like, yeah, is it well, we won't get into it. No, is it legitimately sorry. Michael Jackson as in he's called Michael Jackson by name or is it, is, it just the face? No, no, it's, it is Michael Jackson. Michael <laughs> Jackson sends you a text saying, "Come to this club at four a.m. because I need to talk to you." And you can, Michael. Yeah, I'm not doing yeah. that. No one's doing that. Like, and you can, the thing is, you can that? ignore the text, and you know that will lead you down would, another yeah, path and stuff. You. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but the the hook is experiencing like this one timeline to get this one ending and you're like what's some of the other crazy shit i can experience if i try to go for like the other three or four endings during these stories and like i said it's it's not much of a long game but i think for the price of seven quid if you're into you know your surreal creepy horror stuff i think the presentation is quite unique um gameplay is fairly simple like a few of the puzzles can be a little bit difficult um but I think it's still worth checking out for such a cheap yeah. price as well. I did just search to have a look, and yeah, the I will confirm that art style is creepy. I'm like, yeah, that is, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's something quite, uh, I don't know, satanic about it all, which some people find fun. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> I, I like a good, like a bit of. I was about to say I like a bit of satanism. I don't know if I'd go that far. Have you uh, got, have you got intriguing. a on your windowsill holding up the fingers? Intriguing. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that um. Yeah, that's uh, another interesting one. It's the like sort of the indie game show today, isn't it? We're talking mm-hmm. delving deep. We've got another one to talk about, Matt. A game which I've actually you've got me very excited for. I saw, I think, uh, I don't know if it might have just been in Slack. I saw Tom Marks talking about it as well um, mm-hmm. yesterday. A new game called Grifflands, which you got me with the elevator pitch of Slay the Spire meets Mass Effect. Yep, that's pretty much it. Um, so Grifflands has actually technically been around for two years in early access. Um, it's oh, okay. from it's from a company called Clay, um, who always make very very good games. So these are the guys behind Mark of the Ninja, behind oh. the old Shank games, behind they did Don't Ox- Starve, didn't they? Yep, yeah, Don't Starve yeah. is probably their biggest hit. Um, and then Oxygen, not included, I think, is their kind of oh, uh, colony Invisible Ink as well. Yeah, I Invisible Ink. Like, and you'll probably notice from that roster of games, they make very very different games each time they do but there's always this constant bar of quality that runs through them and also they like cartoon art style it's never the same art style from game to game but they like 2d kind of very brightly colored cartoon stuff yeah um so grifflands is their roguelike i suppose is the 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 starting point i must say it's I have not died yet in my run. I think it's quite a God, forgiving one. Legend. <laughs> I don't think it's because I'm legendary. I just think it's because because it's a store a very story heavy um like RPG roguelike. Okay. It's 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 being fairly kind to you because it would be very very frustrating to lose. I think losing should be an important part of the run rather than just something you keep doing over and over. Right. But to lay it out, if anybody's played Slay the Spire, they will understand what I mean by a deck-building roguelike. And it's that your all your combat stuff is done using a deck of cards. So you'd have, like, let's say, a deck of 40 cards. And at the start of each turn, because it's turn-based combat, you'll draw randomly draw five cards, and that'll be what you can do that turn. The thing about Grifflands is, is because it is a science fiction RPG set in... The easiest way for me to describe it is if you can imagine if Mass Effect was closer to Firefly than it than it is kind of okay. uh, Star Trek. So it's much mm-hmm. more kind of Mandalorian style out on kind of rougher planets where everybody's kind of they're either aligned to the local kind of militia or yeah. they're part of a bandit group or you know your best friend runs the local bar, which is where you can so, go and so, rest so and get a, your health it's back. It's a dirty space game, is that? What yeah, you're saying? yeah, it's a dirty space game, and the first character you get to play as is basically an adventurer for hire, essentially a bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing about it is that yes, you can fight your way through things, which is your fight deck, but you also have your negotiation deck, which is mm. if you don't want to fight people, if you want to 
as you would do in Mass Effect, talk to people, try and talk them down. You use your negotiation deck, which has completely different cards in it. And instead of taking damage from your health, you have what's called like your core argument, which is effectively your character's health. But if your core argument gets destroyed, if all of that health goes away, you don't die and you don't have to restart the run again. It's just that you've essentially run out of arguments. You can't argue with anybody anymore. So if you like lose your argument, does that then Mm -hmm. result in you having to fight? If you were stuck in a situation where then that person goes like, you've not got a leg to stand on, mate. I'm just going to stab you up now. <laughs> then yes. But because it's an RPG, it's there's lots there. of different ways of doing it. But I find this two-deck system is very, very interesting. So mm. the fight system is kind of Final Fantasy or Pokemon-like in, in presentation. Yeah. You have like your enemy on the right side of the screen. There's you on the left. Mm-hmm. You get party members. So at the moment, I've got a dog that's with me. So and it's the- almost a bit closer to... Did you play Steam World Quest? yeah yeah there's definitely a little bit i think this is a much better rpg than steam world quest was Mm -hmm. i was actually a bit disappointed by quest i know what you mean i found it a bit almost a bit too simple yeah yeah so this i feel has got because you've also got conversations that happen before like you've got mass effect like conversations it's not voiced it's not got that budget i should point out this game is 15 pounds and at the moment you can get it for like 12 because it's on like introductionary discount because it just went 1.0 today is it only on pc it's on pc xbox playstation and switch okay and i just want to quickly play just, this on switch mm-hmm. that does sound like a good shout but just want to loop back because you mentioned the dialogue and stuff and yeah. compare it to mass effect but in terms of how dialogue takes place in the game is it similar to you know disco elysium where you're trying like with these cards are you like tackling different no so okay so what it is is so when you go up and talk to people in the world you'll Mm. have a few kind of dialogue options that you want to do okay um that world that then basically is imagine like disco elysium you have kind of like their their imagine like a text um like when you're making text messages so your stuff comes up in bubbles on the left okay yeah yeah, yeah. theirs comes up in bubbles on the right if you need to let an example i can give you is there's a mission where you have to help this woman stop a loan shark from taking their money and so what you can do is either you can go over there and shank the hell out of them which is where you'd use your battle deck or you can use your negotiation deck to organize can you give them an extra week on their loan right so when you sorry when you start using the i know what you're asking and i'm getting around to it okay (laughs) when you use the negotiation deck it's not like you're using specific arguments because you've already made your argument okay so it's predetermined yeah so you go in and basically there's the purple options in the dialogue for negotiation there's orange options for fighting if you go in and you're like hey my friend wants an extra week on their loan can you do anything about it and then you choose to negotiate, it then goes into what is essentially a negotiation battle, in which case there are no actual, because the amount of cards it would have to come up with, because they'd have to be different for every single situation. Yeah. So it becomes much more abstract. But what you have there is, it's only ever one-on-one, whereas combat can be multiple people on multiple people. Okay. Um, But, like, what you have is cards like decoy arguments, which are, you know how in Hearthstone... If you don't want to take damage to your main character, you can play a card, which is a guard card, and therefore the mm. enemy always has to attack that guard card and destroy that before it can then damage you. Right. Decoy arguments are a bit like that. You play a decoy argument, and it's essentially like 
like suddenly changing the topic in your debate and people then having to stop you from talking about that before they can get back to telling you that your core argument is shit um so it's got all of that and there are loads of interesting cards you can those cards are split up into like sweet talk and threatening kind of cards and so the threatening cards do more kind of base damage but the sweet talk cards are a little bit more sneaky right and so if you could defeat them through then they're basically give up and just go hey all right then i get it i'll give them the extra week on the loan in this example if you were to battle them instead they always have kind of like a point where at 10 percent health they'll just give up and then you can choose to murder them and get them out of the picture or let them surrender yeah. if you murder them you'll always get like a special reward like maybe they could use a cool grenade and you now get right, to put okay. that into your deck if you let them go it does the telltale thing of they will remember that you fucked them up yeah and they won't be your friend anymore because everybody in the world can be a friend or an enemy to you and so if you annoy someone that is a trader they'll start putting their prices up so when you go and try and buy cards from them they'll be just like we're gonna charge you 50 percent extra on everything because you ruined our day is that do they remember that over runs? Is that persistent? I don't know. Change? Because I've oh, not failed died. the run yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh. okay. That's um, interesting. I, I have no idea. I'd imagine it would be fresh because I think the idea would be is like you'd learn, okay, on this run, I made friends with this person. Because sometimes it'll be like you've got a choice to do a quest for this person or a quest for this person, but you can only do one of them. Okay. And the person okay. you don't do it for will get very upset with you. So okay. I think it must it must reset between runs because then you'd know, hey, I did it for this person, but I didn't like the bonuses I got from this person, so I want to try it for the other person. With with every encounter, have you always been presented mm-hmm. with the option to either talk or fight? Pretty much, yeah. You get when you take on a job, all yeah. the jobs are mostly given to you from like the main bar. It will tell you kind of on the mission screen, like, is this a negotiation or is this a, a battle situation? Mm. I get the impression that if the per- if the job is go and kill this person, like it's actually a bounty, yeah. I imagine it will probably try and suggest that you do that. But every single one I've done so far, I've always had the option to negotiate. And that even includes like a bandit finds you on the road because... So it has a world map, and that's how you get to different places. But as you watch your character, almost like Indiana Jones style, walk around the map, you'll get halfway. A bit like if you've played Monkey Island, how insult sword fighters would just stop you halfway (laughs) through the map change, and someone will turn up. I have told bandits, please just go away. And because I won the negotiation, they just went away. (laughs) I'm into this a lot. This sounds like my cup of tea. Sounds like a perfect Switch game with the, Mm. the Euros are coming the test cricket summer has just started having that on in the background while playing that yeah absolutely perfect to me any idea of like how long it is i know it's hard with a rogue yeah i don't so i've just done the first boss and Mm. there's days so like at the end of the day you'll go to bed and it'll reset all your health on both your argument and your character health um but also when i killed the boss it unlocked the second campaign which for as far as i know is set in the same world but the second campaign, you play an ex-spy, I think, who has a completely different storyline. But, but you're still continuing your first campaign, and there's still no. Th- you can have two runs going at any one time. So as oh. long you can have up to there are three characters. So once you've unlocked the third character, you could have three runs going at any one time that are different right. characters. Okay. Okay. 
I'm into this a lot. I'm definitely going to... I might even download this today, seeing as it is out today. I've realised uh, it's taken me quite a long time to explain that, and it's it's one of those games where you don't realise how deep it is when you start playing, because no, it, it does just, like... sounds interesting. Yeah. It we'll looks just like they say Inspire Cost with Mass Effect and it wins, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, we've done yeah. it, we've done it already. And it's <laughs> 20% off on Steam right now. Yeah. So I've there got it on go. Steam. It plays obviously really nice on PC, as all card games do, but yeah, I think on anything it would be a winner. I love this game so much, I've fallen for it so hard. No, nice. It does sound genuinely uh, It's fun. weird. I feel like I did hear of it a while ago, because like you said, it's been in sort of early access for two sort two years, like mm-hmm. almost like a Hades sort of deal. Yeah. Like I feel like I have heard of it, but at the same time, I don't know why I wasn't into it if I had done because this. Mm. You know what? Like I think it might have been announced at like E3 as part of you know kind of like when platform holders will just have like oh and there's a little indie bit and so maybe oh, yeah. it was like PC Gamer Show or something like that. But I can remember seeing it at whatever event it was and thinking that's exactly what I'm looking for, and then just never playing it through its early access. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I didn't realize how cheap it was going to be, and it was like it's twelve pounds at the moment, so. I mean, you, you waited yeah. to the go. right moment, really. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, that's enough games for now. Why don't we talk about some TV or what would you call it? TV film. Let's talk. Let's call it art because that's probably the only <laughs> thing you can really call it. Bo Burnham's Inside dropped on Netflix last Sunday. Week, I think it was. Uh, yeah, and I, I've been a fan of his as well. I don't. I haven't loved everything he's done. But I, you're talking about what? Because that I watched what on Saturday. Yeah, what is the day before? Great? And that has not that has aged like bad milk. It's some <laughs> some jokes have aged badly, but he kind of do you know he addresses that in his in his more he does. recent shows. Mm. I think Make Happy his special is very good. The one he did before Inside, and of course he directed Eighth Grade, which I know you particularly love, mm-hmm. Matt. I, I yeah. enjoy that right. one quite a lot as well. So is he primarily um, a comedian? Because I, yeah. I, I only watched Promising Young Woman, like, maybe a few so weeks yeah. ago, and I saw him in that, and that was the first yeah, time I've ever seen he him. He acts in that. He's... Is it just, he's just an entity... Like, he is primarily... An artist. <laughs> yeah. Ah. He's a comedian slash musician, I suppose you'd call him. He started on YouTube when he was, like, 16, I think. Right, and that's okay. when he first got spotted. Um, but yeah, he's mainly, I'd say, no for doing the, yeah, like, live comedy slash music shows but although mm. he did stop about five years doing that uh, okay. five years ago doing that but his most recent special if you haven't seen it already is one of the best things i've seen in a long time it's called inside it is filmed over the course of the past year during the pandemic and i don't know i've actually done much research to know if he did genuinely live in this one room for a whole house Surely for a not. whole year while making <laughs> I'm like, pretty sure he didn't. But it's that's a studio apartment, it. basically. It's yeah. a one-room studio apartment, and that man earns too much money to be living in that. Yeah. I, I'm sure he didn't, but still, the concept of it is is strong. Basically, he's in this one room for a year, and he's basically shot, written, recorded, edited this whole thing in this room by himself. Although I did look at the credits and it says other people did editing and stuff. So I don't know if that's all true, but um, basically it's this music, it's an hour and 20 minutes, like comedy slash music sort of weird thing for an hour and 20 minutes, which at times is funny. At times is just genuinely good music. Yeah. <laughs> and at times it's just deeply sad and self-reflective. <laughs> so it's, so it's an it's overall like musical, funny, deep yeah, experience. And I'm sure it's the sort of thing like with a lot of things, a lot of people just won't like what that sort of thing is instantly and turn off. Like, I I do remember talking about what the first time I really watched this stuff was what, and I did kind of turn off of it a bit because 
I found his voice very annoying, <laughs> but it's kind of it's got less uh, less high pitched and whiny as years have gone yeah. on. I think, and the other so thing is, is like what is incredibly it's got elements of edge lord to it because he uses mm-hmm. words in there that he knows he's not right and i do right. like that there's a there's a is it a, is it a song he does or is it just a, like a monologue that he does in inside where he's talking about he recognizes that as a younger man he just said offensive shit because he thought mm-hmm. it was funny and he's understands now yeah. why that's the I mean, introspective stuff which i think yeah, is that's very one good. of the more poignant moments of it is like him turning 30 during this pandemic and yeah, basically just self-reflecting on what has he done to this point, which I think we can all kind of relate to in some way. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just, there's not much more to say about it because I don't want to analyse it because that would do it a disservice, I think. It's just saying you watch and take in and yeah, just I would recommend anyone I, watch it, really. I, like, you you may not be into it. but are the, are the musical elements like similar to like Flight of the Concords kind of stuff or is it... Uh, it's kind of yes, kind of no. Right. Yeah, it's more just weird. Like, it's a okay. lot of it's weird. Like, the Jeffrey Bezos song is very <laughs> short, but very good. Okay. <laughs> I think there's... So, what I'll say to anybody, because it's not... You know how a lot of uh, stand-up has kind of like a through thread where they start with an idea and it goes off on lots of tangents, but ultimately mm. the show... Yeah. Really, the only core to it is just a man struggling with just being locked away for a year okay. but that means that a lot of it kind of has an element of internet humor to it because obviously when you're locked away for a year we've all had to turn to the internet so from the moment like about 20 minutes into it when he starts doing uh, a section on brands and kind of like mm. the way that brands speak to the world which is really fun but cutting from that moment on it just becomes absolute like it's platinum grades comedy yeah, you um, don't know what's coming. That's like it goes yeah. from song to it's. To be fair, it's probably closer to a live album than anything. It's pretty much wall to wall music. How, how yeah. long is it? Hour like twenty. An hour and twenty. Okay. It's it's. I, I'd recommend it a lot. It's and it, there will be bits probably where you're like, oh, I'm not into this bit. But then the next thing that happen, like it's moving so quickly that yeah. from minute to minute, something new is happening. That I haven't yeah. seen any of his stuff before. Like I've watched Eighth Grade. I didn't realize he directed it. Um, and obviously, Amrose, I think. Woman. Oh, yeah, okay. you've written directed it. Yeah, so, but... yeah, watch this because this is unlike, unlike pretty much anything you'll watch. I think it's it's mm. it's fantastic. Um, speaking of more things, I just said that's one of the best things I've watched in a long time. Another one of the best things I've watched in a long time is Mayor of East Town, which I deliberately waited so it finished last weekend. There were seven episodes in total. I deliberately okay. waited until last weekend so I could binge it all in one go, uh, and luckily I managed to. F- avoid all spoil all spoilers for it but if you don't know what mayor of east town is it's a hbo show with kate winslet starring in it and she's basically a detective in a small pennsylvanian town where something horrible has occurred and we've got to work out who did it it's one of those shows it's very much then if you're familiar with Broadchurch, the uh british show it is basically pennsylvanian Broadchurch in the in the best way possible it is largely bleak but what i will say is it's genuinely very funny at times um gene smart who plays kate winslet's mum in it is basically comedy really throughout and she's very good in it this excellent in everything she's she's so good there's some she has some great like fart jokes and stuff (laughs) (laughs) like it shouldn't work but it does work very well like all the acting in it it's just like proper premium hbo grade stuff and how long are the episodes only seven episodes, so... But how long are they? Oh, like 50 long? minutes. 
50 minutes to an hour yeah uh so it's just very good and it's one of those where it's seven episodes hopefully one and done wrapped like they don't make anymore because it just finishes perfectly in a great way and where a lot of these shows do maybe falter and when it's like a big old like whodunit Mm. like is the end and it's like everyone's disappointed whereas this just absolutely nails it and is so smart and quite heartbreaking in every way possible so you know if you want a bleak detective drama it's on now tv or sky Atlantic. if you have that over here um yeah i honestly thought it was like a period drama because of the name because i haven't looked at anything you saw kate winslet and you thought it's a period drama i didn't even know she was in it i just saw the name and i was like (laughs) that sounds like some kind of english period drama or something but Mm -hmm. it sounds far better than that no no it's it's a crime drama set in modern day pennsylvania uh but yeah can't recommend that enough uh yeah, uh, those are all our recommendations for things you may basically have missed. So, yeah, should we do an endless search? Why not? Inside, in the UK, again, i've got a quiz this week and i thought i'd bring one back that we haven't done in a while the endless starch do we all remember what the endless starch is genuinely no <laughs> Okay. Oh, this well, is the Portmanteau sure people... one, isn't it? Oh. No, 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 it's not quite that one. That's Port... Well, that's Portmanteau Overwatch, so yeah. a different game. Uh, <laughs> Endless Starch is where I've got five different games here where I've changed one letter in the name of that game. And I've got a clue that hints to what that game is and what the changed name of that one is. So I think my example is always, like, uh, Rodent's like take on rodents in an open world florida uh game and that would be gta my city for yeah. example mm-hmm. oh, so it's shit. <laughs> there's only five of them so it shouldn't last too long <laughs> I, I i mean i wrote this this morning i don't think they're too difficult <laughs> <laughs> but here we go and they're all like there's no obscure games and they're all big games okay is it so, just first to buzz in wins yep, yep. first to, there's five of them best of five right, Matt, let's do it you got this <laughs> Okay, first one is <laughs> an assassin has a bad case of the runs and must make his way around an island to use eight different toilets before time runs out. Death poop. It is death poop. <laughs> right. I thought Matt might get that one because yeah. he loves poop. No, he loves death poop. <laughs> Childish. Uh, uh, that's that one there to Matt. There we go. Did you do you understand what was going on there, Jesse? Yeah, that's yeah. That's the yeah, first I step. Follow. Okay, cool. There we go. Here's the second one. This one might require a bit of geographical knowledge for you. (laughs) A young woman with the ability to rewind time returns to her hometown located on an an eastern peninsula of Scotland. I feel like Matt has the game. I know the game, yeah. Do you know the game, Jesse? A young woman with the ability to rewind time returns home. To a t- to a town, I say a town, t- to an eastern peninsula of Scotland. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, how how good is your Scottish geography? Fucking dog shite, mate. <laughs> if we've got <sighs> what, what, what's oh, the game, Matt? Is it? Oh, go on. It's I know it's life is strange, isn't it? It is life is to strange. Which, 
it's it, it's life, isn't it? Is the word that you've changed? It may be. Yeah. <laughs> and I've changed Fuck. one letter it's in on that the, four letter on, on the it's on um, the tip of my tongue. It's, it's more entertaining to watch Matt figure this out as I know I have no chance. <laughs> a four letter Scottish place. I know one letter I know, is different. I can, of it's life. like it's like I can hear it in my head, but I can't figure out which one it is. Uh, I, I'm so sorry to anybody from Scotland, but I've never been to what looks like an absolutely beautiful country, so mm. I'm not very good at it. Um, oh, maybe it's five like football. Word. It is five. Five is strange. Five is there strange. Yeah. Five. Ever heard of five, Jesse? No. To be fair, it's probably one unless you watch like Soccer Saturday and see East Fife have scored. All right, it's probably, well, you know, football isn't... links into geography a lot, doesn't it? So that's true. It's fine. It's fine. It's two nil to Matt with a with a helping hand, but that's fine. You've still got time though. Three more to go if you get all three. Oh, great! That's go. gonna happen, isn't it? <laughs> Here's the next game. Here's the pitch for it. The blurb: There are no apples left on Earth. Desperately, <laughs> ser- <laughs> desperately searching for some to ferment. Groups of three must loot and shoot their way around Enoch to find some more. Okay. I must um, know this game. I think that's got the game. I think I've got it. I've fucking forgotten the name of the game. <laughs> oh, oh no, he's forgotten the name what, of the game what? that came out this yeah. year. This that year. That we played a lot of. That I decided I didn't like. I've tried to purge uh, it from my memory. A, a, a loot shooter, a three-player loot and shooter that came out this year. Jesse. Wait, did we did all you? play it? I think you might have played okay. it for a little. Yeah, you did play it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you did. Oh. Is it Outsiders? What? Yeah, so it's Outsider with a C. Outsider. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yes, it's Outriders. The apples ferment become right. cider. Yes. Oh, outsider. Cider. There we go. They they are on Enoch to try and make cider yeah, again. Yeah, I that deliberately is, forgot is... about that name since I checked back on my save yesterday, and my character's still dead. So I haven't not still it. Not got your inventory nope. restored on Outriders. I don't give a shit yeah. about that game anymore. Man. Never, that's yeah, gone. It's, that's that's come and gone. <laughs> unfortunately, it's three nil to Matt. Come on, let's not make it. A clean sweep, Jesse. Come on. It is 100% going to happen, man. <laughs> There's two more. Come on. All right. Okay. Right, here we go. Aloe vera, lavender, <laughs> and sandalwood supplies are at an all-time low. People need to keep clean, but also want to smell good. Travel to the lentil region to find the nicest scented monster and gather their fragrance. Oh, have we got what this could be? Have got... I have like two games in mind of what it could potentially be. Oh, I'll, I'll just repeat that for anyone who didn't. Okay. Aloe vera, lavender, and sandalwood. For example, just for examples, supplies are at an all time low. People need to keep clean, but they also want to smell good. Travel the lentil region to find the nicest scented monster and gather their fragrance. <sighs> So what 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 sort of you want it something that could clean you but is scented? Uh, oh, I don't know. The lentil region does that mean anything? That's L E N T A L, not lentils, as in the pulse. Uh, is um, it, uh, it? Can I ask what the game is? So can I try and lock the you game? You want to confirm first? that? Yeah, go on. Monster Hunter Rise. It's absolutely not. No. No. Is it, is it Pokemon a Pokemon Snap? Then? Jesse, there we go. There we go. It's a sign that could be... The game is new Pokemon Snap. 
So but is it new Pokemon Soap? It is new Pokemon oh, Soap. Fuck, there we go. They're trying to find something to replace sandalwood ah. in soap. So they're trying to find, I don't know, could a totodile be good smelling? <laughs> what, what's the nicest smelling? Jigglypuff? No, I don't think What about one of the, like, the grass ones? There's like Ooh, flower maybe, Pokemon yeah. and shit. Chikorita yeah. might smell quite. Bayleaf. Is there actually one called Bayleaf? So, uh, it's up from Chikorita, isn't it? Bayleaf. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and you'd no. put a bay leaf in a curry, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you wouldn't eat it, though. Don't Pokemon. eat it. No, take them out. Yeah, take them out. Uh, yeah, if I find one of those in there, turn straight out. Just like cardamom pods. Tastes like soap. Not I accidentally, down one of those. accidentally ate a cardamom pod once, oh, like, not too long ago, like three months ago. Oh, don't get me started on those devil seeds. <laughs> um, right, one more. Oh, I thought I could have got you could have. You so could have, disappointed with myself. You've let yourself down. You've come in with an attitude of defeatism, and yeah, you've carried I just, it through. I need to be more positive. Yeah. Well, well. How about this one? Here we go. One more battle for a post-apocalypse full of robo dinosaurs <laughs> to, secu- to secure a prohibited citrus flourish. I mean, the game's obvious in it, but. Is it? Is it? It's one or two, isn't it? Battle for a post-apocalypse full of robo-dinosaurs to secure a prohibited citrus flourish. Mm. Well, what do you think the game is, Jesse? I mean, is it, it has to be Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, it's Horizon <laughs> Forbidden Zest. Oh, shit. There we go. <laughs> do you know what? I'll give Jesse a... Uh, Point two of a point there for helping out. So he's not going away completely empty-handed, but that does mean it's four point eight to zero point two to Matt. But you know, there we go. We all had fun, didn't we? <laughs> Genuinely, the last two for me, yes. The you were getting, you were no. getting a handle on it, you know. My, my and brain it's a was shame turning just to an too end. slowly. <laughs> it's fine, uh, but yeah, that was a nice bit oh. of endless search. Uh, as usual, send them in. We're kind of running low. We, we, we do keep some in the back pocket though, so keep them coming uh, to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. But for now, let's read some of your feedback. Mm. Right, Matt. I have got one here from Alex Madison who says, Hi lads, hope this email finds you well and that you have all been respecting the sea. I have. I mean, I haven't seen the sea in about 18 months now. Yes, I cannot remember the last time I saw any. But I keep it in my heart and mind and keep it respected. Mm, Exactly. Uh, I enjoyed hearing Cardi read out the very legitimate sounding tale of woe that we received in the feedback inbox last week. We we haven't heard from Princess Samantha since we hope her wicked stepmother... Uh, oh, just listen to a podcast, mate. It was good fun. I talk to you Come guys on. every day. I don't need to listen to you for an <laughs> yes, hour. Yes, you do, because you will learn so much about how to be a better person from listening <sighs> to this podcast. <laughs> Basically, we had an email from Princess Samantha, uh, who's currently being held semi-hostage in Burkina Faso by a wicked stepmother and uncle. Um, I thought this was the spam and- email you got. Was yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. It was oh, a phishing right, email. Okay. They want, <laughs> yeah, they want us to like tran- transfer like £10.50 or something. I can't remember what oh, it that's was. that's not but, a lot. Um, I know might be worth the risk but anyway we haven't heard back from her since we're hoping she's safe Mm -hmm. anyway that email reminded alex of an email he received a few years back Mm. it was 2015 or 16 the year eludes me but i was in the break in the break room at work checking my phone when i happened upon an email that piqued my interest it began with dear value client so i immediately flagged it as a potential scam email and called some colleagues over so i could read it out to them we all giggled 
at the strangely structured sentences written in broken English as I continued to read the contents aloud. Something about how they pride themselves with giving people what they need and that there had been a terrible accident which would prevent them from fulfilling the promise. It stated that there had been a plane crash over a small mountain village, wiping out many of the occupants of the village and all flight staff on board. At this point, we were all astounded at how elaborate this story had become, wondering who would come up with such a bleak story and what their game was. Then I read on, and it said something that stopped me in my tracks. There was an order reference, an item description, and a payment amount listed. This was for an order of controller parts I'd placed online. They had said that they said that they had refunded me, so I checked my bank account, and there it was. I then googled the village and some keywords. I, I then googled the village and some keywords and found multiple news stories about this crash. Needless to say, I was gobsmacked. The plane carrying my controller parts had legitimately crashed and killed people, and Jesse is laughing his tits off. It's not that funny, is it, Jesse? Come on, stop, stop laughing. Just, this is awful. The setup made me laugh, and then I feel bad, and now I'm just <laughs> laughing and I can't stop. I'm sorry. Anyway, somewhere amongst the rubble, there could be a small package with my name on it. The thought still haunts me. It haunts him, Jesse! Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Listen, I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's more of like a nervous, like, <laughs> why am I laughing? I can't control it. The guilt that washed over me was extreme. And I had just spent the last few minutes laughing about the contents of the email, only to realise I'd been laughing at an actual tragedy. Jesse. Turn on the news, Jesse, and just laugh. Do you do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry this doesn't have a happier ending, but hey, that's life, I guess. While respecting the sea is obviously essential, this story reminds us that we must also pay similar respect to the skies. All the best from Alex. You should definitely respect the sky because you never mm. know what's going to fall from it. I mean, could be Chinese rockets. That's a bit be, out of date these pots. days, but <laughs> it could be. I mean, only today we've had rain, so yeah, you know you that's never know been what's amazing. next. If anything, the sky is more unpredictable than the sea. Mm. Uh, but there's, there's not so many terrors in the sky. That we Lots know of terrors in the sea. No, you don't really have many. I would hesitate to say, whereas you may have many near drowning stories like we've done, you you don't have near many crash stories. Like if a plane, you either crash or you or you, you fly safe. Like, there's not as many near I mean, crash stories, are there? I don't. Uh, know. The, there's when Nigel Farage came came down in yeah, well, was that, that little a, helicopter or yeah, well that was you know that was a unfortunate, was unfortunate. set of experiences. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, could have gone one way, went could have gone way. the other. Um, but yeah. Uh, of course, there's Sully, the Tom Hanks film, which is, I mm. think, I believe, about sixty percent nonsense compared to what actually <laughs> happened. But, but you know, he it's still a land. fun story. He did land the plane, but almost everything after that that happens in the film didn't happen. <laughs> so you know, it's still it's a it's a fun enough film. But yeah, we should respect the skies, Alex. You're very right. Um, yes. Yes. I've got an email here from Khalil who says, Hi boys, loving the podcast. In fact, this is the first time I've written into one of these things. What a time to do it. Anyways, here's a gaming-related question. My first ever console was a Sega Master System back in 1992 when I was a teenager. My first ever game with it was Hang On and Astro Warrior. I don't know Hang On. Uh, Which was two games on one cartridge. Mm. I'm probably showing my old age now. (laughs) 
think you might be, Khalil, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so my question is, what was your first ever gaming console and what were your first ever games with it? Keep up the great work, love the banter and always look forward to my Friday commute home listening to the podcast. As someone who cannot swim, I cannot emphasise enough respect the sea. Yours sincerely, Khalil from London. Um, my first... It wasn't really my first gaming console, but my dad had an NES when I was like... Mm. I had that. Like, I've got baby pictures of me wrestling with the wires of that when I was like <laughs> months old. So that was the first console I played with, and I just, I remember playing loads of games and that thing. So I remember playing like Mario One, Two, Three. I remember really enjoying the Hook game. <laughs> there was a game for Hook, uh, Track and Field. I played a lot. Uh, mm. The Top Gun game. I could never get far in that. That was difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was an NES with all sorts of games. Mario Golf, that was a big one. We've got a new Mario Golf coming in a few weeks, and I'm very excited because always got a soft spot for Mario Golf. So I suppose, yeah, the NES. And then I was kind of a... This may, this may uh, be a news to you boys. I was kind of a PC boy until I was, like, 12 or 13. Like, I didn't... Even older, actually, probably. More like 14, 15. Like, I had a PC. I didn't have a PS1 or an N64 GameCube, any of those. Like, my first console... Mm. I went from NES to PS2, so mm. I kind of missed the lot. I had a Game Boy Advance, so yeah. I had handheld, but... Was that like a family yeah, kind of, PC? Yeah, I played games in it, like I'd play PC games. Like I used to play FIFA on PC with a keyboard, which is mad to that me now, thinking mad, about that. Yeah. yeah, but I, I could do it. That's why I have... all. I, that's why growing up I played all the point and clicks and like, I have Football Manager. And, okay. Like, I used to play like games like Civ and Cossacks. Do you remember Cossacks? Mm-hmm. I played that a lot. Yeah. That was difficult. Uh, so yeah, I was really PC growing up and then yeah, just always wanted a PlayStation but never had a PlayStation 1, just a 2. Fair enough. Mm. So yeah. you'd think that mine would be a PC but it actually wasn't. God, we're in reverse. I know, right? <laughs> um, so my first console was a Sega Mega Drive, the 16-bit version, not the 32-bit version. So it was the one which had got like a big crank on the sides and then a big heavy button that was on the left of the console. Um, I had that. My dad bought me that because I wanted to play the Toy Story game. Um, yes. So the Toy Story game wasn't quite out when he got it me. Um, so the first game I think I ever played was... I think it was called Mickey's Magic Castle, like possibly. It was a game where you played as both Mickey Mouse or you could play as Donald Duck, and you got like uh, like a magic cape, and you could. It was two D platformer, very right, much. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Classic Disney interactive fare. Like that might have actually been made by Traveller's Tales. I can't. I remember the Traveller's Tale logo from that point a lot. With the um, remember what it used to be? Was it a little rabbit was it that was on a toadstool oh, with a knapsack or something like that i can't remember classic Sounds... old school mm. um but yeah but so when the toy story game came out i played through all of that and then basically didn't play games for years <laughs> i say years for two years it would have been because that came out when i was in year two it felt a long time but yeah i yeah. wasn't hugely into games early in my childhood I used to like action figures a lot more and mm. watching films and stuff like that and then my dad got us a PC when I was in year four. Um, and I had Toy Story Activity Center on that. And then <laughs> uh, then I got into Creatures, if you remember the Creatures games. Yeah, they were yeah, made, yeah, yeah. Creatures. They were made by Cambridge, like a lab in Cambridge as an AI yeah. experiment that then it became a video game. 
mm-hmm. um, and then my dad got me into my dad bought me the Monkey Island games and I got massively into point and clicks and then yeah I wouldn't have an actual console until the PlayStation 2 came out there we go we're, we're, we're not too far away from being kindred spirits you knew that hmm Jesse, what sordid youth did you have playing horror games at the age of four? <laughs> uh, that didn't exactly happen. Like my first um, system, and like overall, it was just like you know a family console. Was um, the N sixty four? My first ever memory of a game is walking into my living room and seeing my um, older brother play Ocarina of Time for the first time. And I thought he was like watching a cartoon or something. And I distinctly remember seeing that control, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I didn't say that obviously because I was tiny, <laughs> um, but I, it was just amazing. I remember. I can imagine that. I think it was like maybe the next Christmas after my mum and I went to Woolworths, I think, and N64 games, they came in like cardboard, mm-hmm. like boxes, right? And I, With I remember, reds around the edge. Yeah, and I remember getting Pokemon Snap, <laughs> Duke Nukem 64, um, <laughs> and Goldeneye, I think, and that was like the first ever system we had as a console and stuff. Um, but you mentioned the first horror game. I think that was on the PlayStation 2, and that might have been, I think it's called Ghost Hunter. I think that was the first PlayStation, I think that was the first horror game I ever played, and it was genuinely terrifying. Played it a year ago, and it was complete shit. Um, yeah, the N64 is the first console I played, and I still have my OG N64 to this very day. Somehow still alive. There we go. Isn't that lovely? Uh, isn't it fun to look back? Because who knows I mean, what's in the future? Doing you that. know, you can always pick the good things out of the past because you never know what's coming up. Could be all bad. That's how I look at life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesse, we've got one more piece of feedback, which yeah. is something we can all look forward to. Exactly. Um, this is from Jeff Smith. He says, "What's up, boys? Now that um, we're in June, I'm officially pumped as fuck for E3." <laughs> who as isn't much- Jeff? I know. <laughs> As much as people are saying to temper your expectations because of the pandemic and yada, 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 I can't help it. I have a problem. I love getting hype and excited for video games, uh, press. Con- I love getting excited for video game press conferences. There we go. I've been that way since I was a boy. My question to the lads is what's one announcement that offic- officially hasn't come out that you, that would blow your conquest straight off? Ooh. Mine would be a remake of Simpsons Hit and Run getting announced at Summer Games Fest by Saber Interactive, a gem from my childhood. Keep up the good that work. That is bizarrely specific. Uh, I mean, that is a banging game. That was like my first I mean, GTA. Yeah, I, I would love to play Simpsons Hit and Run again, or dare I say, even some sort of sequel, some sort of bigger version of it. But getting remade by Saber Interactive <laughs> and being shown at Summer Games, that is bizarrely specific. So if that happens, Jeff, yeah. I've got questions. Yeah, uh, I did look into this to see if this rumour actually existed, and I couldn't find it. So it is just, Jeff, you have... Clearly a love for the developers of World War Z and let's Summer Games Fest is key. Let's right? let's let's make that. I mean we haven't had a good Simpsons game in like years. Yeah, so just I mean I assume people do still watch it quite a bit and I'm out of touch but but mm. you know it's not at its peak anymore, is it? But they, they still make it, so people must still watch it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if there is a clamouring for... I mean, there'll still be people who want to play a new Simpsons game, but I'd happily... just If you just re-released here and run, I'd play again. I, I love that game. I could probably... But, yeah. What are some things that would oh, blow your mind if it were know. to be announced? I'm, I'm going to have, like, one realistic one. And, well, one... Something we know's coming and I want to see. Uh, and so I may be just out there, but... This is going to be. This is a very personal one for me. Uh, I want to see 
the War for Rakanda expansion for Marvel's oh, Avengers. God, no, 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 no. Bear with me for this because I want it to look. It's more me hoping. This is out of hope that it looks amazing and it's like six hours of story content and it looks like beautiful and it gets that game going again because I want to love that game so much, Matt. In this, in this expansion, me. have they stripped the loot system out of it? Because I don't. That's got to go. <laughs> I am like genuinely disappointed. Like that sounds like the perfect game to me, and then it came out, yeah. and I was like, "This is far from it, man." Mm-hmm. But, well, linked to my other one would be there are these rumors swirling around that have been for a while now that Idos Montreal are making a Guardians of the Galaxy game, which mm. is. I'm intrigued by that. I want to know what sort of game that is. Like, uh, yeah, are there be, any rumors as to? Yeah, like what kind of game it is? Thing. Yeah, like I just want a campaign game. I yeah. don't know if that's what we'll get. I... I, if they were going to do that, I'd like it a campaign game, but it's four-player co-op. So like yeah, one yeah. person mm-hmm. can be Drax, one can be Star Lord, one can be Gamora, one can be yeah. like grouped with Rocket on his back yeah. or something. More like, that. like yeah, more like what Gotham Knights or mm-hmm. Suicide Squad seems to be, or even more. So do you know, what? a lot of games recently, these looter shooters have come out, and I've. It's, it's made me appreciate the Borderlands games a lot more because they mm. don't. Well, I have don't those want issues. the loot. I'm so no, done with loot. I don't need yeah, the loot. But the way that Borderlands do a co-op campaign, I think, mm-hmm. is generally quite good. Like you do a big old story together. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the way they do that is very good. And I want. Yeah, if it was that sort of thing, but Guardians, maybe. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. Yeah, I, I'm I, just intrigued. I would. I would want just like a linear kind of fun co-op game. Like if it was It Takes Two, but Guardians and just fun <laughs> and long, then. I'll be fucking happy. Mm-hmm. And another one, uh, just please tell us when Lego Star Wars, the Star Wars saga is coming <laughs> out. I want to play so that game good, so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, what about you, Matt? Um, the kind of thing that would just blow my conker straight off as Jack points <laughs> it. Like, and, th- and this just isn't going to happen, but if they were like, Final Fantasy VII Remake has done so well, you're going to get, we're going to show you Final Fantasy Remake Part 2, which you know is coming, but we're also going to remake Final Fantasy VIII. Like, that would mm-hmm. be fucking massive for me. But that's never going to happen. Is um, Final Fantasy VIII like a, a big fan favourite? Because I know no, that's seven no, is the... No, that's, okay. that's it. That's the reason why it's... <laughs> it's the game that really could have done with a remake more than seven because... Yeah. It's it's got such potential, but it doesn't quite come across properly in the original version. But yeah. that world would look incredible, and those characters are amazing. Like it's a brilliant story. It's just that not everything fits together properly. It could have done with just a, a another pass on that draft just to make the story elements work together better. And also mm-hmm. the mechanics are a bit obscure okay. um, in that one. And like a new pass where it was made better would be great. And also you've got guns that are swords in that game why wouldn't you want to play it again yeah um but that would be amazing we're not going to get it um there's this big rumor that there's like a soul style final fantasy game if that's real i'd be into that i want to see how been final fantasy fighting games before and stuff right? yeah yeah there's been like um like there's the, the dissidia games which are kind yeah. of like i suppose slightly tekkenish mm-hmm. um i'm interested to see what final fantasy is like done in different genres i can't see how a soulsy style game fits with final fantasy but i yeah if that thing is real i'm fascinated to know it's what that is of, a lot of final fantasy yeah. um yeah but no. my main thing that i want to see is like whatever arcane uh, austin are working on like yeah if they are part of the bethesda show this year like i thought long and hard about what might be at bethesda it's definitely not elder scrolls because we know they've got to get starfield out of the way first yeah. um 
it still feels like we might get a teaser trailer for Starfield. I don't think we're going to see that game this year. Yeah. What I, I do think, think we we'll might see. get a new Fallout. I think really not necessarily so. Fallout Five, but like a more New Vegas. What if Arcane Austin are making a Fallout spinoff? No. No. <laughs> No, you fool. No, no. Um, And sorry, I had one more that was before we move on to Jess's that's just, I'm more intrigued. I want to see, I want to know what the hell Ken Levine has been doing since Bioshock. Mm. Like, he hasn't played a Bioshock. Surely he's got something interesting. Surely he's doing something. (laughs) Do you think, though, Ken would be, do you think he's going to have teamed up with a big publisher that would bring it to E3? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like. Because he's not 2K anymore, right? Because I think there's a chance. 2K are there this year. We know that, I think. Mm-hmm. But, like, is the... We know there's this new Bioshock in development. Like, that's kind of become yeah, an open enough secret. Him, no, it's not it? him. Yeah. yeah. I'd be interested to see that. I'd be... Yeah, speaking of 2K, like, I want to see how much different GTA Five is going to look on PS5. Like, mm-hmm. how much of a new experience it is. And... Yeah, just talk about Ken Levine. I could see Ken Levine just turning up at, like, Microsoft show. I could see him turning up at Keeley's. I get this impression, you know, that Ken yeah, like wants to be out of the studio system because I can only imagine that whatever Ken Levine would make next would be bonkers. And therefore, yeah. like, he'd have to do it on his own dime, which he's probably got enough of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see him turning up at something like Keeley. If that happens this year, I will probably lose my shit. <laughs> yeah, I won't. it's been, what, how many, what, was Bioshock Infinite was, what, eight years ago now? Something like 2013, 20, 2013 yeah. Yeah. God, I just want, yeah. Please, just show me. <laughs> uh, Jesse, what do you want, apart from um, Star Wars and Resident Evil? Well, I mean, it's related to horror, obviously, and it's just it's just Silent Hill. Like, mm. I never anything got a chance. Silent Hill. Literally anything. just anything Silent Hill. I didn't get a chance to play Silent Hills. Um, I didn't have a PS4 back when that was out and stuff. Um, and I'm like relatively new just to the Silent Hill franchise. I always loved Resident Evil growing up, but it was only like maybe four or five years ago when I actually played through all the Silent Hill games. And, you know, I've been, I just felt like, wow, these are absolutely amazing, especially the, uh, Silent Hill one, two, and three. Like for me, Silent Hill has been dead since 2004 with Silent Hill four, because all the other games, Origins, Homecoming, um, Downpour, they've just all just, they are not good horror games. And I thought to, people like the one that was, wasn't it? Sam Barlow did one of them. Was that Shattered Memories on the Wii? Yeah, yeah, that's that, the one that's that got the psychology That had a mixed reception test, because right? it had like a retelling of Silent Hill One, and people were a bit right. iffy with that because you know everyone loves that. But I, I, I don't know. I want to see a new Silent Hill. I don't know whether or not I'd want to, if I'd want to see a reboot or like a sequel or just even a remake. I'm, I'm not too sure. But just having a Silent Hill game with you know current gen ps5 like the tech we have now for an actual horror game would just be amazing you know if it wasn't constrained by you know the past generations of consoles and stuff just to have a proper exclusive horror game you know done by like a, a fantastic japanese development studio just that we haven't seen that in years we'll and then see what kojima's doing next do you think it'll be silent hill what is he doing next we don't know. That's the thing. Oh. See, that's oh. the thing. Like, there's so many variables in there because could you? I honestly wouldn't is want a... him to do a horror game, to be honest. Because I think he could do an incredible horror game. Like, if there's one thing I like about Kojima's stuff, is just the creepiness of everything he does. I want like a shout out here to uh, one of my favorite podcasts, which is the Back Page. Recently, did a um, uh, an episode where the two hosts decided what 
if they were publishers, what uh, companies mm-hmm. they'd own and what E3 show they'd do. And uh, Samuel Roberts said Kojima would be one of his companies, Kojima Productions, because yeah. he wants him to do a stealth horror game. That sounds my bag. Like, mm. Kojima doing a stealth horror. Yes, please. That's what I was hoping Death Stranding would be before, you know, all the information, mm-hmm. like, before it actually came out. I just kind of wanted, like, oh, like a linear, a somewhat linear, just horror stealth game. That would have been fantastic. But, yeah, we haven't mm. seen Silent Hill properly in years. Like, the latest one was, like, what, a pachinko machine? But Konami have recently been doing a few things, like uh, Heather from Silent Hill 3 was in Death by Daylight and stuff. So they're slowly starting to roll out some Silent Hill stuff. And hopefully this I'm, is leading to a I'm, new game. I'm crossing my fingers for you, Jesse, because I, I, I want it to happen for you. And I, I mean, think- I, I don't just want horror just to be Resident Evil as, like, you know, mm-hmm. the big mm-hmm. thing, because as much as I love Resident Evil, that is a completely different style of horror to what Silent Hill offers yeah. and stuff. But, um, like, I guess my dream, like, my silly pick for a game would be, like, seeing, uh, like, the Time Crisis trilogy in VR or something because i want to like i genuinely love light gun games and they kind of died with the wii really and like vr to me is like the perfect platform to revive those like give me like time crisis give me virtual cop give me house of the dead in vr that would be perfect that's what um pistol whip is isn't it really that's a light gun game in vr yeah but it's like a some music one as well like i run Mm -hmm. i love rhythm games as well but just just fucking give me either Silent Hill or Forbidden Siren and I'll be the happiest lad alive. There we go. I should preface this. I have absolutely no information on if there is a new Silent Hill. I know nothing about it. But I have a feeling, Jesse. I have a feeling for you in the next couple of weeks. You've, you've we'll had feelings all day. That's yeah. all I you've been feelings. all day. I've got feelings. <laughs> I've always got feelings. I'm, I, I'm a very feelingful person. I, I am concerned, though, that like after how the medium played and stuff because there were rumors flying around that bloober team might be doing like a new silent hill game mm. and like they ventured into horror quite a few times and i just don't think they've ever been strong enough to pull off a silent hill experience especially after the medium like oh, i don't know man it's just concerning mm-hmm. i think if i think if konami is going to do anything because obviously they've been dormant essentially yeah. like they've been doing i think in the era of remakes it would be a um, Metal Gear Solid remake and a Silent Hill 2 remake. I could see them doing that because it's yeah. sort of easy money on the table. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Resident Evil could like come from the brink with like Resident Evil 5 and 6, which are like, you know, they're fun cop games, but as Resident Evil as horror games, they're kind of not great. Like if Resident Evil can come back so strong with, you know, a few remakes and, you know, Village, which is fantastic, Konami have to have a team somewhere that could just nail down a Metal Gear Solid or Silent Hill remake, it, it would print cash instantly. Like, just fucking do it, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, that was a fun time. I'm hopeful for you. Like I said, I'm feeling it for you. Let's get Silent Hill made by Ken Levine. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'd play uh, it. Yeah, uh, cool. That was a good, fun episode. I feel like we've got to play Bo Burnham's Jeffrey Bezos song on the way out here, I think. That's the only way to do it. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys. I think next Friday, well, it's E3 starts next Friday, so mm. we'll probably do it. Maybe we'll have different people next week. We'll talk more about what people would like to see and then how wrong we'll all be. So that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Ratchet and Clank's out next Friday, so we can hopefully talk a bit about that and hopefully mm. it's a good game. And yeah, we'll have a lovely time. Until Goodbye, then. everyone. Goodbye. See ya.
It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.